Welcome into the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Jared back on the show, and it's a special two for a day for your podcast on Tuesday because the College Football Playoff Committee has released its first edition of the rankings, and we need to talk about it because the Oregon Ducks have received a much more favorable ranking than I think most of the country was anticipating, and we need to discuss it. Uh, first rankings are out. And, Jared, it goes Georgia number one, no surprise there. Alabama number two, a mm. little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise on that one. Michigan State number three. And then the Oregon Ducks, they are fourth in the college football playoff rankings. Ohio State five, Cincinnati six, Michigan seven, Oklahoma eight, Wake Forest nine, Notre Dame ten. Uh, we should note. Fresno State made the top 25, checking in mm-hmm. in the 25, 20 range. Um, 23. 23, yeah. That gives two wins over college football playoff teams for Oregon. Uh, this is, I'm I'm surprised, and I'm this quite is, yeah. that they've the committee came out and said head to head matters. Yeah, head to head mattered four times in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, most significantly, obviously, Oregon over Ohio State. Uh, Oregon is seventh in the AP poll, so this is a three-spot jump. This is uh, – I, I was genuinely surprised at this. I anticipated Oregon to be on the outside of the top four, looking in probably around five to six. It really depended where uh, the, the selection committee, you know, decided to place Cincinnati. And Cincinnati ends up falling to six, which I thought was surprising because right now in the AP poll, they're sitting second. So this is very interesting. Um, The selection committee clearly has head-to-heads matter and the eye test matters because Oklahoma, undefeated Oklahoma, is now eighth in the country according to the selection committee. That was the first moment where, you know, my eyes really opened up because I thought that was arguably the biggest surprise of the night. I think Oregon being at four is the second biggest surprise, at least in my eyes. But Oklahoma falling that much is interesting. But as of today, if the season ended, Oregon would be in the playoffs. So what that tells us is that what we've been saying for a while now is that Oregon's, they control their own destiny. So if they win out and they finish 11-1, and 12-1 and with a conference title win, they should be firmly entrenched in the playoffs because Michigan State, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, they all play really meaningful games down the stretch. And the idea right now is that Georgia and Alabama would meet in the SEC championship game. Uh, Michigan State still has to play Ohio State in two weeks. Michigan still, or Michigan and Ohio State still have to play. Michigan is seventh. So this is going to be pandemonium down the stretch, I have to say. But when you look at the schedules that all these teams have to face, I think Cincinnati's is probably the most favorable, but Oregon might be the second most favorable, just purely based off of rankings and and the competition of play down the stretch. It's amazing. Uh, I Look, these rankings will mean nothing next week because a new batch will come out. Um, but Oregon, like you said, is in a much better position than any of us could have imagined. I think, uh, you and I and Eric Scopel, we were talking in our 
communication, our Slack channel uh, leading up to the show that we were kind of expecting Oregon to be behind Ohio State, maybe Oregon, maybe to check in at, at maybe five at best, more likely mm-hmm. six, possibly seven. And here you are seeing them at number four. And you're right. They went out. They are in it because if, if Georgia is as good as we think they are and Alabama is as susceptible as they've ever been in the last six or seven, eight years, um, if we think that, Georgia should beat Alabama, which would eliminate Bama from the playoff discussion. And right. we still have to see Michigan State play Ohio State. One of those teams could lose and drop out. We still have to see mm-hmm. Ohio State take on Michigan. And if it's – Michigan winning that game, Ohio State drops out. And right. it's, a, it's a scenario now where it sets up where it's truly you win and you're in. And after the Stanford game, even with the, the understanding that Joe Moorhead wasn't, the offense, wasn't available because of the emergency surgery, even though the injuries have, have mounted up, I don't think any of us really kind of put that thought that the playoffs are – on the table anymore for this Oregon team. And yet here they are, they've been placed back on. It's like, it's almost like Oregon has been given a second life in a video game. And here you go. Don't (laughs) waste it because you're still in the hunt. Yeah. Well, I do kind of wonder how much the selection committee like took into account of Joe Moorhead's absence against Stanford, because since he's come back, Oregon's offense has looked extremely different. And I was a little worried at first when I saw Oklahoma fall to eight because it seemed like the committee really took the eye test, you know, to heart. Like they really bought into how a team performs against weaker competitions. And that's kind of been an issue with Oregon at points this year, like not being able to wait, not being able to put away Arizona, you know, winning by three against Cal, um, obviously losing to Stanford, who's just a lesser team. They only have three wins on the season, but I think they probably took into great account how influential Joe Moorhead is on this offense. Yes. And I, I agree with your your metaphor, Matt, about how Oregon now kind of has a second life. Because um, just like you were saying uh, in, our, in our Slack chat, we didn't anticipate Oregon being in the playoffs in the first rankings. I didn't, certainly. Uh, and that's not to say... I didn't think Oregon could get there. I think we've been talking about it for a while now that Oregon still controls their own fate. And if they win out, that's going to be a really hard discussion. Um, and the, the discussion we've been having is how much do head to heads matter? Yes. And very clearly they matter. So, and that's going to be huge for Oregon going forward. Uh, obviously Ohio state has more juice in their schedule because they will be playing you know, two more top 10 teams. And if they come victorious, then that's going to be something else. I don't know what will happen in that case. But for right now, the season ends, Oregon's in the playoffs. If the playoffs were to start right now, um, the Ducks, I believe, would go to probably the Orange Bowl and would be playing against Georgia, um, the team that Oregon opened the 2020 football season against. Uh, that mm-hmm. it's an interesting storyline. We've already seen a projected. Uh, these are kind of funny, but we've already kind of seen a the lines. A mock bet line if these teams yeah. ended up playing each other. And Georgia is a fifteen point favorite. 
which feels about right and which was right around where uh, Oregon was at going into uh, the Ohio State game. Um, a committee chair member has said that uh, I was asked about Oregon's ranking um, and the quote is they beat Ohio State at Ohio State and that was really important to the committee since that time they OSU are on a roll. So um, what this tells us is style head to head matters, but it also looks like style points matter because when you look at Ohio, when you look at Oklahoma at number eight and being undefeated, um, when you look at Wake Forest being number nine and being undefeated uh, and the teams that they're playing, when you look at the fact that Cincinnati is at six in this ranking and they have struggled to beat one win teams in back-to-back weeks, it matters who you play and who you beat and if you're if you're going head-to-head for these rankings, but it's also maybe almost equally as important, just maybe slightly below it, of how you look. And this sets the table for the month of November for Oregon's final four games of the season that they have to look good and they have to win. And to stay in the rankings, they're probably going to have to look good doing it too. They, they cannot have – another Arizona performance where they are a 30 point favorite. And they're not going to have another game of that magnitude, right. but they're, they can't go into games being a 14 point favorite and win by three. No, I think for the rest of the season, obviously Oregon has to win every game, but I think I said this on our podcast on Monday where Oregon has to win every game convincingly. Um, and it starts this weekend against Washington. Um, I think this has added another layer to this game. Not only is it a, is a great rivalry, one of the best in the country that isn't talked about enough, but you know, we had Jimmy Lake's comments on, it was, it was yesterday, so it was Monday, um, about the academic prowess schools. We had that noise going on, and now there's even more outside noise considering the fact that Oregon is now in the college football playoffs. Um, so this is this is an, another eye test game. I think this is an opportunity for Oregon on national television on ABC to you know, remind everybody as to why they are number four overall and why they were placed above Ohio State and why Cincinnati remains behind them. So moving forward, this is going to be the primary storyline when it comes to any Oregon game. And I think that's going to be important. I think that Mario Cristobal is well aware of this. And I think that, you know, he's going to get his team ready. Um, We've media today. We talked to a couple of players and when asked about the college football playoffs, they kind of shrugged it off in terms of what the rankings are. And most of them went to their, you know, we just have to be one and oh every week, uh, typical line. But I, I, I do think that that's the mentality of the program. I think they, they deserve to celebrate it because it's an important achievement for this program. And moving forward, it'll be even more important. But, you know, it's that one and no mentality again starts this week against Washington. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they perform on Saturday. But after this and, and the Jimmy Lake comments, I think they'll come out on fire. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this game plays out. Um, there's a lot more pressure now added to it. And Oregon's target just got bigger on its back because, look, 
Washington would love nothing more than a to beat their rival, but to also put to bed any kind of discussion or hope of a college football playoff appearance for the second time in school history to become the first school in the Pac-12 to make the college football playoffs for a second time in in this existence of its current uh, setup. So this game just got bigger. Uh, eyeballs will be on this team. Look, the Oregon's going to be scrutinized. If you're a Duck fan and you're going to pop on the Twitter or you're going to read something other than DuckTerritory.com, um, you are going to see a lot of criticism of Oregon being at number four in this ranking. Uh, you are going to see a lot of people be upset about this and get used to it because it is a little controversial, but I dig it. I like the fact that they are putting head-to-head and eye test combined into the into the the formula for creating these rankings and it's it's going to create a situation like we've said now that Oregon needs to to win and they need to look good doing it unless mm-hmm. uh, they want to be uh, passed up by other teams yeah I- I don't think there's much more to say on that. I do have a question for you, Matt. What was your biggest surprise, I guess, other than Oregon on this top 25? Probably Oklahoma at number eight. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking the Sooners would probably be more like five, maybe six. I know they haven't played very well. They've been up and down. Um, But the fact that they're undefeated, they're a big-name team, they seem to be trending up now that they've got Caleb Williams in at quarterback. Uh, that feels to me lower. You know, they, they should be higher than than what they are at number eight. I was also surprised that Fresno State checked in at twenty three. They mm-hmm. they were not on my radar to be ranked at all. Um, from a negative standpoint, I don't think Iowa or Wisconsin should be in the top twenty five, and they are twenty one and twenty two. Um, so that, that was a little that was a little concerning when I saw that happening. Exactly, that, I thought when you know, I saw it, when I saw Iowa at twenty two, Wisconsin at twenty one, and Minnesota at twenty, mm-hmm. I was like, "There you go, Ohio State's going to be ahead of Oregon." Right? Yeah, I, I, that was concerning when you know the first couple of rankings came out. Um, I thought one of the other biggest surprises was Alabama at number two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I feel as if Alabama is the second best team in the country. I know they lost Texas A&M, but Texas A&M is a top 15 team now, or I think they're 16, something like that. Um, That was a bit surprising just because I felt as if Michigan State might have earned the actual spot at number two. Instead, they're number three. Um, This whole list has been... Is, is I think is much different than a lot of people anticipated um, just in general. Uh, obviously the Oklahoma drop, uh, Michigan drops to seven if that's a drop. Um, so they, they clearly take into account how important like bigger games are where it's a, t- you know, a top 10 matchup, just like how Oregon is in front of Ohio State. Um, but again, this is the, the very first rankings. Um, I remember a couple of years back, I think one of the very first rankings was uh, three SEC teams in the top four. Um, I think that was 2014 when Oregon made it for the first time, where Mississippi State uh, was number one or number two overall, 
and they, you know, lost two of the three final games of the year and, you know, weren't anywhere close to being in the top four. So this is certainly a moment that is, is, is a great achievement for the Ducks team and the program itself, but they, they, they're going to have to beat Utah twice in the next couple of months and have to go undefeated for the rest of the season in order to get in. But they now know that if they control their own destiny and they went out, that they should be rightfully so in the college football playoffs. They don't have to guess really anymore. Um, I think the only, like I was saying earlier, the only big mayhem moment might be if Ohio State also goes undefeated and beats Michigan and beats Michigan State and beats Iowa, I presume, in the Big Ten championship game. Then it will be even more interesting, and I don't know what will happen then because I certainly did not know what was going to happen tonight. It's going to do it for us here on the Odds and Audible's podcast. Uh, buckle up, folks, because this is going to be an interesting and exciting November to see this play out. Ducks have four games left, win, and they are in the college football playoff. Uh, they have four regular season games at Washington, at home against Washington State, at Utah, at home against Oregon State. And then if they – Win those four, they will be playing in Las Vegas against a team from the Pac-12 South, more than likely Utah, which would be the second time in three weeks that they will play. Win that, and they are in the college football playoff for a second time. First school in the Pac-12 to claim that if they can if they can win five games in the next five weeks. Buckle up. You've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Peace.